This is the MLW Radio Network. Welcome to an episode of Future Stars Now. My name is Mike Freeland. I clearly am not the Rit. Uh, the Ritster will be joining us a little bit later on in the episode. But as we always do here on Future Stars Now, we talk to the upcoming stars, the people who will be making waves in the very near future. And tonight's episode is actually going to be really, really fun because it's going to be a personal episode. It's going to be an episode about somebody who is near and dear to our hearts and someone who's been a part of the Furrow Material brand and family ever since Mikey Whipwreck introduced him to the show. So right now, without any further ado, as we uh, bring in a wonderful guest to enjoy this on a Friday night, go ahead and let's bring in Moondog, Greg Murray. What's up, buddy? Ah, drinking. Hey, you can't beat that, my friend. It's the holiday. Holidays, my friend. Yeah, the holidays is in like two weeks. <laughs> For me, the holidays have already started. The holidays are already here. I uh, can tell. Look at all those Christmas shit. I know. It's like Christmas threw up in my house. I'll give you kind of a panorama thing. It's uh, a little my crazy. Goodness. Got all the presents, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of See crazy. Santa's candy cane right there and displayed. Indeed. We've got, uh, got a lot of stuff in here, so... What about you? What about you? Are you in the festive mood yet, or is it kind of still going to take a little time before we, we turn that page? I got blackout drunk watching the Muppets Christmas Carol, so that's, uh, <laughs> I guess so. That Nothing is better than having the Muppets kind of uh, christen your holiday season. Um, uh, I love that movie. Is that where uh, Kermit is um, Bob Cratchit? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Very that's a nice. good one. Yeah, and then uh, my uh, Twitch stream, I started every December I play uh, Batman Arkham Origins because the game is based around Christmas. Nice. Like, there's like a scene where like literally Batman drops up a thug into a Christmas tree. It's, oh. it's, <laughs> I love the game so much. It's legit one of my favorite video games ever. Nice. We are going to get into your desire for uh, video games and streaming as well. We'll be able to go ahead and plug that. But this episode is kind of dedicated to you and... A lot of our listeners who tune into Front Row Material and Future Stars Now and Cult of Beardo and all of these other shows that we produce um, are familiar with you. They know your pro wrestling career. But let's go ahead and let's kind of take a step backwards and and let's kind of follow the genesis of all of this, if you will. So when were you first introduced to wrestling? As a fan or as a wrestler? As a fan. Uh, it was 2008. Well, technically, of course, we have, we've all grown up on the video. Even non-wrestling fans have played the video games. So, like, uh, I played WrestleMania 2000, uh, and then I played, like, Here Comes the Pain. And then eventually, 2008, September, my dad, it's a Tuesday night. My dad's flipping through channels, and he calls me down. Guys, look what I found. It's Tommy Dreamer versus Jack Swagger in an Extreme Rules match on ECW on Sci-Fi. Oh, and wow. I was hooked. I was like, this is what I've been dying to watch. Because, like, I always love the video games. I'm like, what is this like in real life? Because, like, some of the video games came with, like, music videos and shit you can watch. I'm like, God, this looks awesome to watch. And finally, when my dad found it, it was Jack Swagger and Tommy Dreamer that got me into wrestling. Wow. So, 
now that you've gotten into wrestling, did you go back in time and kind of chronicle some of the stuff the stuff that happened before that, or did you just say, you know oh, what, yeah. 2008, I'm just going to go straight forward? Um, 2008, how old was I? I had to be 10. I didn't right away, but now, fuck, I love the old shit. Like, well, my gimmick's a moon dog, so <laughs> obviously I like the old shit. But as a kid, like, if I could get DVDs, if I could get video games, if I could get action figures, and, like, of course, the action figures have the little bio on the back of the box, so I learned about wrestlers that way, you know. I, I wouldn't know who they were, but I thought their figure looked cool, so I was like, I'm going to grab that, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I love wrestling. Uh, I have a, a Hizar Drizive of um, <laughs> wrestl- old-school wrestling shit, so wink, wink. So, okay, so you get hooked in it in 2008. Yep. Tommy Dreamer, Jack Swagger, uh, ECW on Sci-Fi. Yep. And what did you think at that point in time? Like, obviously, you, you weren't as familiar as you are today with the ECW brand. Now that you're able to compare the ECW brand from sci-fi versus what originally was 94 to uh, 2000, what what was your thoughts on that? Did you like the WWE's presentation or do you feel like you are more of a fan of the Paul Heyman version of it? Well, of course, the original is always going to be the best, but the 2006, 2007 through that era Actually, 2006 to 2008, looking at that back, it is so batshit crazy. And a lot of shit didn't work at the time. It's funny because like, when you rewatch the Big Show's title reign, at the time, everyone hated it for obvious reasons. But watching back, it's one of the best runs in WWE. Like he's a he was he took on everybody like everybody like from SmackDown from Raw including ECW like that feud with Sabu was titties like those matches with Sabu was fucking great. Uh, unfortunately, it ended how it ended in that chamber where Heyman wanted uh, Punk to win and Vince was like fuck that Bobby Lashley who only showed up a month ago. <laughs> yeah, that's uh... <laughs> after getting uh, after having elevated liver enzymes or some shit. <laughs> <So> <laughs> It's 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 crazy, but you know what? I I do I do agree with you because I think sometimes in the moment we don't give things the proper credit that they're due, right? Because we're like, okay, but then yeah. after we have time to digest it, to sit back, to reflect upon it, and then to maybe do a compare and contrast with other champions or other title reigns that happened maybe after that, I think we can appreciate things better. I'm oh, kind yeah. of I'm kind of in that camp. With the Attitude Era, I was not a fan. I, I hate to say this, but I wasn't a huge fan of the Attitude Era. Um, and, and people probably say, good God, what's what's your problem? But I wasn't originally because I felt like wrestling wasn't necessarily the main focus. It was more of the, no. the Jerry Springer type of stuff. And I liked just straight wrestling. Mm. So it kind of turned me away a little bit. But now that I'm coming back and I can see it, if I can filter out some of the talking, the TLC matches were really good. The Rock's run yeah. was really good. His feuds with Shane McMahon were good. The Mr. McMahon character was good. Um, there was a lot of things that you can take away that were really good from that era. Oh, of course. Probably more good from that era than the ECW-WWE era. <laughs> yeah, I would Definitely. concur with that as well. Because it's very few things. I think the last good thing was probably Christian in ECW. No? So... So in 2008, you're watching this. Obviously, was there anybody else in your family that was wrestling fans? Or did you, you said your dad had said, hey, look what I found. Did he start yeah. watching it with you? Or Yeah, he watched a little bit of it. My dad grew up in Georgia. 
So he got oh, wow. Georgia Championship Wrestling. His favorite wrestler was Ole Anderson. I want to get him a Damn I Am Good t-shirt, which is the <laughs> shirt Ole wore. I know he'd fucking love it. But yeah, he he would tell me he remembered like the '80s shit and how he hated the Horsemen and he always and he was always rooting for Dusty. And some though there, it's funny. I guess he got frustrated with Dusty too, though, because like he's like fuck, <laughs> I, you know, fans are. It, uh, it was interesting to hear his take on it, but yeah, um, I drove my family crazy with wrestling. That's all I want. I um, I grew up with high functioning autism. Mm-hmm. I was diagnosed with high functioning autism. And the thing about it is, especially when you're a kid, you hyper fixate. So like I was obsessed with Star Wars and then I was obsessed with Transformers and I was obsessed with wrestling. Wrestling is the longest thing I've ever been obsessed with. And I would slowly go back around, circle back around to Star Wars and Transformers, thankfully. Um, other things, I guess, Imagine X, but that, I, that's way past your time. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. Um, obviously, when, I grew up on that. When did that come? When did that come out? Imagine X. 2008, 2009. I remember it was like the first stuff was like the, the dinosaurs. And of course, I, I love Jurassic Park as a kid. I love dinosaurs. So I'm like, yes, need this. Me and my brother had all these dinosaurs and shit. And um, we had a house fire in 2010 and everything oh, gone. The only thing that survived was my wrestling figure collection. In fact, I still got a lot of those figures from uh, the, that fire. So, yeah, been through a lot, unfortunately. Well, like they say, uh, it's, it doesn't surprise me that the wrestling figures survive because they say at the end at the end of the world, when the apocalypse happens, there's only two things that are going to survive, cockroaches and TNA wrestling. And uh, ah. it doesn't surprise me that, that wrestling action figures are tough enough to survive even a fire. So I'm sorry to hear about that. That I did not know about. Um, how did that affect you? I mean, kind of off topic here, but how did that affect you as far as growing up? Uh, my dad was becoming a raging alcoholic because of a divorce between my parents. So that house fire really sent him off the deep end. Right. Um, and me being 2010, I had to be like 12, maybe I was also having a horrible year in sixth grade. Cause that school didn't know how to take care of, you know, kids who have trouble um, issues. Uh, I wouldn't be till, I, I grew up in Be- I, I was born in Rockford, grew up in Belvedere. We moved to Freeport for a few years. That's where the fucking um, house fire happened. We ended up moving back to Belvedere, and it was like everything just went back. Everything got back to normal. It was a bumpy road, but, you know, my dad, eventually he got better. Us as a family got better. My mom got better. Everybody met people. You know, it was it was happy endings at the, in the end. It just took fucking 10 years, unfortunately. Right. So... You find this. You said you fixated on different things, but then wrestling became your your main fixation. And yeah. who was your your main guy or gal or who who was the person that you gravitated towards the most? Oh, Triple H. <laughs> guy was fucking cool. Uh, it was. I, I, it sucked though because um, by 2010 he was starting to get off TV as a wrestler, and I and that's when I've discovered the computer and internet. So I was like looking back, and I realized I was like, and then that's why I learned. I'm like, oh man. This is it. I, I got in way too late. Because <laughs> when I got in, it was 2008. Triple H was the WWE champion on SmackDown, feuding with Vladimir Kozlov <laughs> and fucking Edge and and uh, Undertaker. And uh, who, who was the big... My first big like feud I had to be Orton and Triple H, that WrestleMania 25 feud, which made my dad pissed off and changed the channel. <laughs> wow. 
my dad is a wrestler. Like he he hates to admit, but he 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 get he really buys into the storyline shit, and he gets pissed. That's why he gets pissed when he sees me get beat up. <laughs> it's like dad is. It's fine. I'm supposed uh, but, to get beat up. But he's but he's loyal. He's dedicated and he it no sounds shit. like he's a true fan and I give him credit. <laughs> yeah, people want fans like a lot of wrestlers love fans like that. A lot of yes. wrestlers love when I bring my family to shit because like my especially my grandma Jones who thinks it's real. Uh they are obsessed with her. <laughs> I love it. So Triple H is your guy. You're watching wrestling. Um, did you talk about wrestling to friends at school? Were there any other people that you kind of had clicks with that you were like, hey, what happened here? Or did you catch this last night or at the lunch table or recess? It, by middle school, everyone was like, oh, it's fake and Gary because that's how middle school kids are. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I teach middle school. Yeah, it's yes, uh, so I was the only one until I moved back to Belvedere. And then I eventually met my uh, I met friends who were if they weren't if they weren't watching it, they were at least interested. And then finally, I met my friend Donald, who I actually just got off the phone with him. Uh, we were talking about shit. We were just talking about wrestling and stuff. And then um, I met him and then I. Uh, we just fucking clicked from there. I had a backyard wrestling league in Belvedere. <laughs> it was, uh, I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. Uh, I'm not, I'm not telling you where, because it's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> it's hey, more all the play fighting. Who, all the people who became huge stars actually did that. So you are following yeah. in the steps of icons. So, but I feel um, like punk had better backyard matches than me. So. <laughs> we're always our toughest critic. Remember that. Uh, you watch the footage and be the judge. <laughs> so middle school turns into high school. Obviously the love for wrestling has not waned. Am I correct in that? No, not at all. So, you know, I wanted to be a wrestler when I first fucking first discovered it. But by 17, I had gotten into a weird relationship with a 20 year old. Okay. It was 16. Uh, I got in a relationship with a 20 year old and it was just so fucked up and stuff like that. We, um, and I was like, you know, I don't want to be a wrestler anymore. You know, I just, I'd rather just be here for you and shit like that. And after that, that fucking destroyed my confidence and doing anything. I ate all the time. I drank all the time. I still drink all the time. I just don't eat all the time. Uh, <laughs> fucking, um, yeah, I, I was, God. I was almost 300 pounds just two years ago because I never worked out. I never went out. I never did anything. I just sat around, ate, drank all day. And especially when COVID happened, it was, oh, God, it got worse, you know. So when it comes to your desire to wrestling, sometimes obviously life happens and things change, right? Priorities change sometimes. Mm. Do you feel like you – kind of gave a part of yourself up and you really wanted to stay loyal to wrestling, but life just the situation didn't allow you to still continue to, to stay loyal to it. So how long did it take before you actually came back around to it after that relationship? Uh, it was July of 2020 last year. Uh, it was when I started having dreams, you know, like when you fall asleep, you have these dreams. Uh, I started having dreams of wrestling or wrestling school to be exact. I sat up that next morning. I was like, 
especially after the pandemic. I had attempted suicide during the pandemic, and I didn't do it. I didn't go through with it. It was that, and just the pandemic journey. I'm like, life's fucking short. Let's give it a whirl, just so I'm not 40 years old going, what if I tried? I can at least say I tried, because uh, that's the big, that would be, I, I don't know how I'd handle that if I didn't try. So I gave it a shot, and here I am today. Uh, my wrestling anniversary from my first match is going to be, I think, January 24th. Wow. So that'd be about a year now. That's but crazy that's, how, yeah. how fast time goes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'm relieved in some aspects because I, I wasn't so hot when I first started training. It was uh, it was rough because never did any sports. Was no way an athlete uh, until getting into wrestling. So and now I got a regular workout routine and fucking um, regular, of course, regular uh, wrestling school practice and shit like that. Thank God to keep me in shape or at least keep me in ring shape so I could fucking balloon out, but still somehow have the, the lungs of a Olympic track runner. You know? <laughs> it's the weirdest shit. So you have this moment where you say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to play the what if game anymore. I'm going to go ahead and, and do this. How did you even start your process in trying to find wrestling schools? What was the what was the process? Did you just kind of hop online and say who is nearest to me, or did you find out like what people were the trainers? Like, what was your uh, impetus to find the specific school? It was like um, I think a year or two before, where again the idea was popping up in my head, but I'm like, nah, it's not happening. Uh, Premier Pro Wrestling was popping up in uh, my Facebook, and Premier Pro Wrestling is this outfit out of uh, Woodstock, Illinois, which is hour and a half out of Chicago, a half hour out of Rockford. Um, so I looked at that. It was only uh, I would say like it was like a half hour drive. So I'm like, oh, there you go. Let's start. Let's, and then I'm looking at because uh, they have a website and they got quotes about. The trainer, Rock and Randy, the trainer, quote unquote, Rock and Randy, and um, I was like, "All right, fuck it, let's give it a shot." Got a hundred and fucking fifty dollars, I think it was, and went to went to practice. And uh, boy, oh boy, was it uh, not a not a good first day, but I didn't give up. So, so, and without giving out numbers or whatnot, I've heard that wrestling tuition can be expensive and oh, yeah. it's, it's uh, not cheap. Yeah. PPW was really reasonable. It was 2,400, I think. Um, my deal with uh, uh, CSW right now is being, I was already a wrestler training. They were able to cut me a deal. So I don't have like the starter deal for someone who doesn't know how to do a fucking leapfrog. That's our deal. Um, so they gave me they gave me a deal when I switched over, when I switched schools. Nice. Yeah, um, I was looking into when I was leaving PPW looking for a new school before I picked CSW. I did look into freelance, and they got top notch trainers. They got some of the best names in uh, the Chicago scene. And oh boy, are you paying for it? <laughs> I <believe laughs> so it. I, I I wasn't viable. So I'm like, all right, uh, let's try CSW, and here we are. So how long does typically, you know, when you sign up for um, a program, do, do, how long does it last? Is it like a two-year thing? Is it a, 
three-year thing. How it depends. Long does that work? It depends on the school. It depends on you as well. Uh, I didn't wrestle till I think I had to have been. So I start. I trained in July. My first match was in January. Uh, wow. Yeah. So it, it was a while because, like, I had to get my body because it was pretty much of we need to get you into shape before we can even do anything with you. Right. Because, like I said, it was 287 pounds. I dropped all the way down to 215. I've since gained weight back, but in a good way. Um, f- and now I'm back to like 235, 240, just fluctuating between there, which is fine by me because, like, it, I feel, you know, I, so, some days I feel heavy. Other days I'm like, you know, I don't feel like someone, someone can just, and I fall over, you know? Because, <laughs> like I said, 215, I was fucking getting, like, skinny, you know? Right. It was nice, though. I fit in everything. All my old clothes <laughs> started fitting again. So you decide to go ahead and do this, and you, you put down your money, and you, you train from July all the way to January. Talk to me a little bit about what were some of the things that they would put you through? What would be an average day? All right, all mm. right. I come in. I check in. You know, I get my gear on or, or whatever they have you. Do you Are you putting gear on at that point, or is it just not even putting on boots yet? No, you uh... – even the wrestlers, they would just come in and, like, workout gear and would, like, train and, like, would have practice matches and workout gear, uh, which is, you know, it's fine. We were to just, all right, let's get on the wrist tape for a practice match in front of nobody, uh, in front of the boys. Uh, but, no, it was, uh, so, they did it so differently. So, Randy was the, quote, unquote, head trainer. Uh as head trainer, he sat in a chair with a cigarette in his hand, rocking back and forth like a fucking ward patient, and just told uh, the guy, like the 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 guys who have been wrestling, all right, show him this. Uh, like you know, I liked it's like all right, let's do uh, up downs. And yeah, he didn't really get in the ring. He didn't really show you anything. He would show you something occasionally, but he'd be annoyed and be like. Oh. Uh, like in the way, like how do you not get it? That sort of deal. But for the most part, never he led it. He led it up to um, like Matt Vine or Chase Gosling, Tim Castle, um, um, Charlie Hustle, Victor Anestra. You know, just like the fucking roster. <laughs> the roster will train you guys. <laughs> it's fine. When all the, when the, in PPW, everybody on that roster had their own agenda. Which, which is fine. Every wrestler has their own agenda, but especially in PPW, they all have their own fucking agenda, um, which is fine. I don't know. It is what it is. It's wrestling. Did you find that there was a lot of people when you first started training? Was there a lot of, um, uh, I guess, trainees uh, that were in there with you? What was your What was your starting class like? Uh, it, so it, you don't start in a class. You just show up. Uh, and like, tra- I've seen trainees go, come and go, come and go. It was all about who kept going, who kept coming back, uh, to train. Uh, but if, if there was a class, it would be me, um, Psycho Spawn and Alejandro Marufo, which, and the guy who would, um, the guy who really like, kind of like gave us advice was, uh, Eddie, the, Eddie, the Bruiser Cruz, who, uh, is one of the most greatest fucking people you could ever meet like nicest guy ever and no matter no matter who you are he'll get you laughing about something because he's just he's he's that kind of personality where like you can't help but not look like you can't help but not look away you have to watch him the entire time because he's just that charismatic outside the ring as he is inside the ring 
Um, I learned a lot from Eddie. Uh, it, it's kind of weird thinking back because uh, us three, me, Alejandro, and uh, Brandon Spawn. Um, Spawn got when Spawn got Spawn. I think got on the ring quicker than any any of us because Spawn was an athlete. So like, fuck, so of course that makes sense. Alejandro only just debuted not too long ago, and they were training him for a year, which. Wow. Blew my mind. Um, unfortunately, me and Alejandro don't really talk because he was on the fence after I left. He was on the other side of the fence in that regard. But me and Spawn still talk a lot. We just talk about comics and shit. Spawn got, they put their title on him, which blew my fucking mind because, like, he hadn't been, he's been wrestling just as long as I have, <laughs> pretty much. So I'm just like, Jesus Christ, hell yeah. And I, I, I was fucking happy for him because. Dude deserves it. Dude deserves everything he earns because that man puts in all the fucking hard work. And you know, I and couldn't couldn't pick a better guy to do it with. So, your trainer, the head trainer, um, would basically have some of the more, if I'm understanding correctly, the more experienced guys. Yeah. Basically, running things, he would bark stuff out, have them do it. Yes. Did, did you feel like the people that were running it? did a good job? I mean, as far as being able to show you guys the way to do it, did they have the patience? Did they have that coach's mentality? Yes. Yeah, so Chase Gosling was a really, like he, he could really like work with you, like and relate with you and get you and like try to figure you out and give you a better idea of how to understand something. Matt Vine was a dick. He was a, he was that dickhead trainer. That, that that personality that we see in wrestling reality shows and shit like that. And for the longest time, I couldn't... Nobody could stand him. But, you know, I, I especially, I was just like, just do as he says so he leaves you the fuck alone. That's our deal. And I did. We eventually... <laughs> I tell this story to uh, Anestra a lot. I told him, like, it's funny. Right as I was about to tell Vine to fuck off, suddenly him and I were cool. <laughs> it's like... God damn it. And so he's like, no, I want to tell him to fuck off. But, you know, that's wrestling. One minute you'll, you'll be, one minute you'll hate each other. Next minute you're talking shit about each other behind your back. Then the next minute you're fucking sharing beers together. There's a picture of uh, me, this guy named Slick Willie and Vine together at a restaurant. And I adore that photo. I, I, do, I do still adore that photo. It's just a shame how things turned out. But you know how it is. Who else? Um... Charlie Hustle would just help us with like cardio, the cardio workouts, but like wrestling itself, it was usually Charlie or it was usually Chase, Vine, and yeah, it was usually Chase and Vine. Everyone else, like they join in occasionally, but like most of the time it was ran by Chase or Vine. So what was the uh what was the workouts like before obviously you got officially into the ring? Like what did they have you specific like what was a regiment? You started out with something called an up down, which is they teach you how to get up and down in a ring. Uh, we didn't bump for like a couple weeks, which I found out later was fucked up. And cause like, I guess to pull the curtain back, basic, your basic, like the first few things they teach you in wrestling, how to bump, how to get, okay. How to get up and down from a ring, how to run the ropes, how to grab the ropes properly. So you don't fucking screw shit up. Um, how to, uh, what was I saying? How to get up and down, how to, how to bump, and then the moves. Your first moves, obviously, the lockup, the headlock, like the you know the technical shit. 
moves itself once you get bumping down. Snapmare, hip toss, body slam, arm drag. I'm just learning arm drags. Which, when I went to CSW and said I didn't know how to do arm drags, I, they looked at me like I had three heads. Oh, jeez. Like, what in the fuck do you mean you don't know how to do arm drags? They didn't teach me. Like, how the fuck did they not teach you that? That's like day one stuff. I'm just like, oh, that's like week two, week three stuff. I'm like, they didn't teach me that. They just taught us hip tosses, headlock, you know, just other shit. Right. Which, so I'm still fucking struggling with the fucking um, arm drag, but uh, at least I know how to take, well, I, I, I got to learn how to take those too. Because <laughs> I'll take them and they're like, Jesus Christ, you got to fuck yourself up. <laughs> That's our deal. But yeah, um, it's funny too because you know uh, I hate to throw I hate to throw dirt, but it's gonna it's that's just how it's gonna be. They would like warn us about C CSW and freelance and all those other schools. They're like, oh, they just want your money. They're not gonna teach you shit. They're just gonna beat you up all day and then take your money. When, hmm, <laughs> the irony is not lost on me. Yes. You know? So it, it, it's just interesting though. So. It, it's very competitive, I assume, between the different training schools and trainers. And it, it's, we know wrestling's kind of cutthroat, but it definitely seems like it's very apparent the way they talk about one another. Not even that. It's, it's just, uh, fucking Randy. Cause, um, you tell Boz, hey, I went to this other school. And Steve Boz will ask you, how was it? What they teach you? And then you tell them, like, oh, okay, okay. Like, um, we had a guy go to uh, Dr. Tom and uh, Kane's school Yep. for, like, two weeks. He came back, and that was the first thing Boz wanted to know. Hey, well, the teacher. And, and it's like, how's Doc? Because, of course, Boz knew Doc. Like, how's Doc? Was Kane there? You know, it's <laughs> just like, he want, he's genuine. Like, Boz gives you that one-on-one -on -one attention, even though you're in a group of people. It seems like he's able to get to you one-on-one. -on -one. And, like he genuinely cares and talks to you because like I always got the whole, Oh, you know, Randy's just so busy. This set and the other da, 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 da. fucking Boz has a day job. He's a fucking bodybuilder instructor. He does all this shit. And then he, and then he wrestles. Then fucking Randy, all he does is stay at home and then come in to run the wrestling school and then bitch about how he can never make money. And he blames, and he blamed us for that. It's like, yeah, it was never... No, the wrestling schools don't talk shit about each other. Not normally. Because we fucking work with them, too, sometimes. You know? I was just about to say, like, there's got to be, you know, who can book who and who can help who make money. And We work with so. PAL. CSW works with PAL. We'll rent rings from them. PAL has a school. I mean, they'll book freelance guys. Freelance has a school. They, fucking black and brave guys come down to wrestle sometimes at CSW. It's like... It, <laughs> And people have tried, too, reaching out to PPW and Randy wanting to work together. And the only one that fucking Randy took was OBW. And even then, it was just like every now and again. And, and he still motherfucks Al Snow for no apparent reason. Other than he just hates everybody in the business because he thinks he was fucked and he deserved more. No, no, no. I don't get the, I don't get the, I don't get the fucking just dues. It's like, yeah, because you're a prick. Yeah, it seems like there's there's people that there's one of two people the the person who actually says I had a great experience I loved it it just didn't work out the timing yeah. whatever and then there's people who say 
no, it was the system was against me. This person didn't like me. They tried to sandbag me, blah, blah, blah. I never got the right push. I was way more talented than everyone else in my class. And, you know, they were jealous of me. So it's it's not surprising. Oh, yeah. It's just... I, you, you meet all kinds of personalities, and he was just one personality that uh, you meet in wrestling. And I'm just glad I moved on. You know, I'm a lot happier for it, even though, you know, a lot, of course, everyone knows a lot, sh- a lot of people know a lot of shit happened. But, you know, again, had it happened there, I thought it probably would have been a different story. But it happened sure. while I was with here, and that's when I learned, like, a lot of the wrestlers and the wrestling guys, Boz, and everyone's like, we're fucking here for you, dude. And I'm like... Oh, no, because you didn't really get that at PPW. Not really. Like, there's, there's, I'm still friends with a couple of them, and I still interact with a couple of them, but like, it's not, I didn't get that kind of brotherhood, camaraderie. Yeah. I still didn't say it right. (laughs) Camaraderie. There we go. So you move on and you decide at one point, hey, I'm going to switch schools. Uh, switch trainers. I need the show needs to go on, but it needs to happen in a different place. I need a change yes. of scenery. So, so how did you decide, and how did you end up landing on the current promotion you're with now? Was there was there a process where I'm going to go ahead and look around again, just like I did in the beginning, or was it no? This really seems to be the next place I need to be. Um, to start to start with why I left. Um, and that's completely up to you if you want to yeah, go into all. Of that. course, well, of course. Um, why I left, um, I wasn't being taught much by that point. It was coming to class, do some cardio workouts, have a practice match, and then that's it. No real new, I didn't real, and I didn't know till switching schools. They're like, oh, you got, hey guys, here's the drills we're doing today. We're going to teach, we're going to do this move, this move, this move. All right, now let's do some opening spots, this, that, and the other. And it's like shit I would have never thought of, but now I fucking, now my, my, Brain just starts thinking of like, what if I did this, that, and the other, and shit like that. I didn't do that, PPW, because I didn't know what else the fuck I was doing. Right. And no one wanted to show me. I um, you could make the argument I could have asked, and yeah, I could have. But it's, it was usually whenever I asked Randy, "Hey, can we practice this?" And Randy's like, "Oh, no, 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 we're doing this today." Okay, cool. Um, I asked someone, "Hey, can you show me how to do this?" And they're like, eh, "I don't get heat with Randy." I'm just like, "Okay, cool." Um. I was depressed. Shocking, I know. Uh, I was uh, I was depressed, and I knew it wasn't with wrestling in general. But I was so my confidence was shot, just shot. I didn't want to do it anymore. It seemed like every match I had, I fucked it up somehow, or because uh, the thing was, after every match, Randy would run to the back and tell them, give them pointers, this and the other. My match would never come near me. And when I would go up to him and ask, how was my match? He'd be like, oh, keep doing what you're doing, kid. Or it'd be like, oh, it's fucking terrible. Like, you fucked up the finish. I'm just like, okay. Even though, um, that was the last straw was that one. The, you fucked up the finish when um, the guy I was wrestling was like, yeah, it was my bad. And obviously, I wasn't going to bury the guy. Sure. That's, that's not me. I'm like, why the fuck would I do that? Like, I just took it. I'm like, Okay. There was another match where I apparently fucked it up, even though it was fucked from the beginning because uh, the guy who was putting it together didn't know what the fuck he was doing. I won't say who, but um, he got fucked up and somehow I got blamed. 
I'm just like, cool, lovely. And then it was that one where like, and then I watched the match back and Randy's just, Casey James, uh, who some of you may remember him from SmackDown, like 04, 05. He came in because he was a Randy student. And um, he came in and he was on commentary, you know, putting over the match. And every time he'd said something that I would do, Randy would have some something, some jackass comment. Um, so, like, I'm trying to work the crowd. This is a mistake, obviously. Sleeper on uh, Poncho. And I'm, like, stomping my foot, trying to get the crowd. I'm like, tap, 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 tap. And in case James like, oh, Moondog, getting the crowd into it. And then Randy, you don't really tap from a sleeper. And I'm just like, okay. And then, like, I think I I sucked at clotheslines at the time, but, like, I fucking did my best. Now I fucking – now I can do a clothesline, thank God. <laughs> but um, it's like – Casey's like, big clotheslines by the Moondog. And, and Randy's like, those aren't that big. I'm just like, what? Fucking why? And then whenever he wasn't on commentary, he'd fucking ru bum rush out to be like yelling some yelling spots at us to do. And it's like we're in the middle of a show, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> like he has this control fucking thing. He's got to control everything. Should it make sense? I didn't feel like I was progressing, and I felt like I was pissing Randy off. So I shook I shook their hands. Said I'm leaving. I'm taking a break. And I was. That's what a week later I was like, wow. It was PPW. <laughs> I just wanted to leave. So I call, so I posted in the group chat. I'm like, yo, I'm leaving. Uh, I had a long emotional message. I sure got, I got the screenshot somewhere. And um, everybody liked it except one person, Randy. And I got banned from the group. I was like, okay, cool. Then he posts later. He goes, um, he made a post. Somebody sent it to me. He called me like, uh, he called my stint in PPW a, a, a participation trophy case or something like that. A participation trophy. I was like, what the fuck does that mean, one? And two, go fuck yourself. You know, fucking go do a forward roll in spikes, you asshole. Uh, I mean, what is that even? A I mean, what is the point? It just makes him look petty. Bad. He is a petty fucking person, and I hate to dunk on him, but it's the truth, and that is it is how it is. And after when I left, I had a couple people from PPW text me. Goes, what do you mean you left? What do you mean I left? I left. A lot of them wanted to go too, but they didn't know a how, where to go, or they couldn't, or some just didn't want. Yeah, some some wanted to say, which is fine. Um. There are camps that said I how I left. What do you mean? I left. I didn't fucking twirl my mustache like an evil villain going, yes, I'm going to fuck over to PPW and go somewhere else. I, di I meant dick on the card. I was second, third match. I always lost, which is fine. I didn't give a shit. I was just learning. I'm learning how to wrestle. I'm paying dues. I'm fucking putting guys over. And Rainy would get pissed because guys would want to have matches with me instead of just having a squash match. And I'm just like, Fucking talk to them. It ain't me. He's thinking I'm him and haunting them. It's like, no, because if I him and haunted them, they would have been like, yeah, fuck you. Kick me in the nuts. Roll me up. <laughs> that's not It's not what I did. Right. But according to him, that's what I was doing. And it's like, you do not know shit, do you? <laughs> um, and it's just, it was a shame. Because, like, so 
I left. Um, and uh, I talked earlier. When I was talking about looking in schools. I, I just looked in the schools, and I was I was like, "How bad is CSW?" Text them. Boz messaged me. Goes, "Hey, hey, let's talk on the phone." Got on the phone. He pretty much gave me the whole rundown, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, cool. I'll show up." I showed up and met Sky Blue, who also came from PPW, and uh, doesn't have too good to say, but that's her story. It's not mine. I won't share. Uh, she can, and look at her now. She's under the AEW. Yeah, that's and of, a and of course he's Randy's crying. I don't get my dudes because you fucking you're 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 you know this. <laughs> I don't get it. It 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 breaks my heart because like I really wanted him to be happy for me, you know, and I really wanted a lot of them to be happy for me, but none of them are. Some are, uh, but the ones that are are probably trying to leave <laughs> and have already left. Um. So, do, do you feel like in a lot of ways that there's a lot of people who were like, man, I wish I could have did what he did. He, he basically just said, you know what? I've had enough. I have enough self-respect for myself and I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. One did. Yeah. It was an extra. He left. And he told me, he was like, because we ride together a lot. He told me, he goes, dude, I've been wanting to leave for years. <laughs> I just didn't know when. And then I'm not saying me leaving was what made him leave either. Sure. He left on his own. Sure. And he wanted to leave. Now, look at him now. He's getting, he's doing the loops, the same Chicago loops I'm doing. Uh, he's going to Houston to do reality wrestling for Booker T. Nice. This dude's like, in fact, fucking guy's been wrestling for eight years, so he's going to fucking skyrocket from here. Yeah. And I was shocked because, like, it's like PPW, it was a bubble in Woodstock. Um, they didn't expand for some reason and all these other promotions do. Uh, and like you get notice because when I got that message that I made the QWI, which is a LGBT wrestling list, they're like, Hey, you made uh, the QWI. I'm like, what the fuck is that? What are you talking about? <laughs> and then they sent it to me. Um, I was like, because if I was still PPW, I would never have gotten on that list. Right. <laughs> uh, but being away from PPW since August, I have already apparently made someone's notice. And I'm, it, from what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying so hard to do, especially with right now trying to get my life back in track and getting ready for 2022, it's like I'm being acknowledged. And I get you don't expect handouts, don't expect – all this praise, not just in wrestling, but in real life. It's what makes when you do get praise mean so much. And this meant a lot because, you know, I'm just like, oh, my God, it's worth it. <laughs> Things I'm doing is worth it. Thank God. You know, so first day at CSW, uh, did drills, uh, had a horrible practice match. <laughs> That's when they found out, oh, God, we have a lot of work to do. Um, I yeah, like but, it's, but it's not to your fault though, whatsoever. No. I mean, you seeked out, Hey, what else can I do? How do I raise my game? And it's a, it's a situation of, they just weren't willing to play ball with me. And that's yeah. just the way it is. And, uh, since then I like to think I've improved, you know, I think I have honestly, cause I'm a lot more confident. I'll be nervous all day, but then when that, when that fucking, when that music hits, I just, you know, get into that. That's why I love the song I come out to. Uh, my name is mud by Primus. Cause like just, 
um, anybody that's hardcore into music like I am, they get it. Like they'll listen to it and like, yeah, I can see it. Where it's just like, it just, it does something to you. We like, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. So that music fucking hits. I get in that ring. Goes from there. There's a fuck. If there's something fucked up, I can, I like to think I can recover from it now where I'm just like, fuck, you know, <laughs> just kind of. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> just, all right, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, work in the corner. All right, you stay there. <laughs> Move on this. Something like that. You know, and like, especially with my practice matches now, it's like, it's a whole different ball game now, I feel. And I think it is, you know. So I'm excited to see what else happens, you know. Well, I, I mean, you are definitely in a prime spot in the United States when it comes to wrestling because Chicago yes. is the mecca of wrestling. I mean, there, there's a lot of cities that, you know, hang their hat on wrestling, but Chicago really is the, the premier place to be. Um, do you, would you like to continue to work for some other promotions as far as getting booked as well? Like, oh, yeah. you know, we know that there's a lot of different things near the Chicago area. Well, it's like warrior wrestling um, is, is an opportunity as well. Um, our good yes. friends at, at AAW as well which is really cool. Um, so what is Moondog? What is on your list of 2022 as far as some things, you know, early, you know, this is really what I would like to try to do in the upcoming year. Yeah. Promotions like AAW and warrior wrestling are going to, are one of those, like it's going to take a minute, you know, cause they're not just going to book any old person out of the Chicago scene. Rightfully. So that's why they're, they got quality shows. Um, I have a lot of, I've been looking into the Indiana area a lot, especially after debuting for Crash Tested Wrestling. Uh, even though I riff on Indiana all the time on social media, I do low-key like Indiana. It reminds me a lot of home here in Belvedere. Because uh, Belvedere is hee-haw Rockford, pretty much. So um, everyone talks about Rockford, they're like, oh, it's dangerous, it's ghetto, it's fucking gun violence, shit like that. Well, then there's Belvedere. Yeah, that's the hee-haw version of it. <laughs> In a way. Um, so I, I pretty much I feel like I fit in right away, especially the gimmick. Uh, thank God. And I'm excited to see what happens because, you know, um, of course, now that I'm on my own independent, you don't get booked right away, obviously. You you call them up. You're like, yo, um, some some assholes will be like, yo, can I wrestle on your next show? And it's like, fuck no. We, we've been booked two months in advance. Um but me, I, I text him. I go, hey, uh, my name's so-and-so. My name's so-and-so. I wrestle as so-and-so. I train under Steve Boz, CSW, looking to do some uh, grunt work, you know, like pay dues, help out help out the ring, fucking security, ticket-taking, uh, spittoon, taking out the spittoon, whatever the fuck you need. And nine times out of ten, I get a good response to it. They're like, fuck yeah, please. You know, <laughs> and some are up front. Some are like, hey, we really, we got enough guys. Thanks. Others will just kind of leave you on read, which is fine. And then others be like, yes, please. But just so you know, that's our deal. Right. And it's fine. And that's why they tell you, always bring your gear. Always bring your gimmicks. That's what that box is back there. It's for the mirror table. Because um, you never know. Because if you get on that show, guess what I can do now? I could go sell my shit. Absolutely, make money. <laughs> but they got a little spot on the merch table, and then there you go. There's my shirt. There's some DVDs and wrestling figures. There you go. Ta-da. So 
Do you okay? And without getting nosy, what what is the average? Not necessarily what you, but what is the average that a a wrestler in their first one to three years can expect as far as maybe um, a payoff? Even though it, it's going to vary promotion to promotion, but what would you yeah. say in your opinion is a ballpark? It's too much. For, it's too much. It's too varied, and it depends on you, who you are, how good you are. Um, you know, it's it, it's it's hard to say. It really depends who you are. And how far along you are, how many, how long you wrestled, how good are your matches? Did the promoter seek you out? <laughs> you know, um, and and such. But there's only so much I can get into on that. And I don't know, but sure. That's why I like when I can wrestle. I can at least sell shit at the merch table. So even if I if I've had a promotion where I didn't get paid, but I I sold shit on my merch table, so I didn't leave empty-handed. I had gas. Well, I went to McDonald's afterward, but you know, I had food and gas on the way home. So all because I sold shit. And I, I tell guys too, um, you know, not that I know, you know, not that I know what I'm doing, but like, uh, I've told a few like friends of mine that are also wrestling. I'm like, yo, um, should get shit to sell. <laughs> cause I, cause, the, cause you know, uh, they'll be, they'll ask, Hey, what, how, Hey, how'd you do brother? <laughs> and I'm like, I did this. Um, you should really do it too. <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> you can literally, literally legit. Um, at CSW, we do, uh, the Futures Battle Royal, which is where me and other students, uh, fight in the pre-show. I could be in there for a minute, if that, but because I, I participate on the show, I have a, I have a merch table spot, you know? So, it's like, take advantage of it, you know? It, that's something else, too. It's like, I really was very, I wanted to market myself. The t-shirts, the photos especially the photos. It's my favorite thing to get back other than the footage itself of the match. It's my favorite thing to get back after wrestling are the photos of my match, of my entrance, of whatever I was just in. I just love it because like the all the shows I've been working on have had top-notch photographers. And even the amateur photographers are good, you know? So I'm just like it's exciting because I could use it to market. I always credit them. I always ask, can I use your photos? Do you need money? Like, do, do you need, do you need commission before I post these? And usually nine times out of 10, they're always cool or they cut a deal. And you know, so shout out to guys like uh, camera guy gimmick and uh, J peg shots, snapshot. I, I hate that. I fucked up his name, but guy out of Indiana, the fucking, they're great. Take care of your refs and photographers. Because those are those two take care of you in more ways than one than you realize, you know. Man, there's so many things here that, that we're just getting into. Um, let me ask you this question. So, I mean, we're coming up on the anniversary. What would you three? What would be three main pieces of advice you would give people who are deciding that this is something they want to do now that you've gone through at least the beginnings of training and training schools and and yeah how politics are involved in this and that. What would you tell people as far as, hey, you want to do this? These are three things I think you should be really, really aware of before you get ready to go. The ring sucks. The rings and ropes will always suck. In fact, I went in there knowing, okay, I've always heard bumping sucks, especially when you first start. It was the ropes where I'm like, fuck, those hurt. <laughs> you know? Um, no, okay, I'll give you real advice. The first thing, give it an honest shot because 
You don't want to go in there, make an ass out of yourself, and then it not work out. <laughs> um, you know, if it, it, even if you do make an ass out of yourself, it still doesn't work out. At least you tried and gave it a fucking worth. Because I made an ass out of myself, and it took a long time to gain respect and that and the other. And, to, and they finally saw that I was improving and shit like that, and I was slowly getting the respect. Um, the second one is your peers. Depending on the school you go to, there will be a lot of people who are like, they, they get it. We, okay, they're all like, yeah, we all we were all like this when we started. Most of us, anyway. There will be some who kind of, you know, they're like, oh, my God, this guy just doesn't get it. That's our deal. You just really got to just remember, yes, they're there. But then think about when you finally get over the hump, get, get start getting good at the things you can get good at. And then they'll be the one, and then they'll probably be the ones that are going, oh yeah, that was good, you know. Um, third one, do what is best for you, and uh, be loyal. So be loyal, uh, be respectful, but at the end of the day, who pays the bills? Who makes those car rides? Who gets gas? Who eats? It's you. You got to remember, you come first. No. And uh, I, that's pretty much the, the gist of it. It, it, it's, it. It's it's hard. It's easier said than done, obviously. But all you can do is just learn from mistakes, learn from experiences. And, you know, just be, don't be a dick. <laughs> just do your best. Don't be a dick and do your best. That's all you can fucking do, man. Oh. And, and I will say this. Uh, it was really cool when Mikey... Uh, actually is the one who brought you into the firm material family, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, that meant a lot to us. Mikey had mentioned me, he said, I know a guy who's, who's busting his ass and, uh, and to get that endorsement. And, uh, you know, I, I thought was really, really cool. And, and your six degrees of Kevin Bacon or, uh, the writ will say six degrees of uh, written renegade. Um, but what I will say is, um, it's how we're all interconnected, right? Yeah. You know, me with Mikey and Jerry, you with Mikey, and now you're part of a part of all of this. Um, it's so cool. And I am so happy for you and your journey. And I think you are a great wrestler, but I think you're even a better human being. And I genuinely mean that you care about people tremendously. You have taken care of me in so many ways. I, I could not even begin to say that from, you know, uh, giving me your, your AEW action figures. Cause you were like Freeland can't find any um, for writing <laughs> me a letter and giving me an amazing um, eight by eight and a half by 11 autographed photo and merchandise and all of this kind of stuff. And I want to let you know that I appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And I will continue to wave the, the moon dog banner uh, as long as I can, because I think you truly deserve it. Yeah, and I appreciate that because, like, the show man, means a lot to me because before I became a wrestler, I listened to it, and I loved it. And while I was trying to be a wrestler, I listened, and I loved it. I have fucking playlists on my Spotify of, like, the old episodes that I'll sometimes I can't sleep. I'll throw on, and I'll throw on, and I'll try to fall asleep, too. And then I have to turn it off because I start laughing because Mikey said something goofy <laughs> or and got Jerry fucking crying on the other end, you know? <laughs> like... um. Yeah, because the show meant so much to me, and then of course the running gag of uh, uh, the running gag of you saying um, 
uh, of of people sending you free shit. So I was just like, all right, let's continue. <laughs> let's continue the gag, <laughs> just so everyone can give you shit for it. <laughs> it's a rib on you. It's it's the greatest rib ever. You get something out of it, but you still get made fun of for it. And it's like, I but know. I have this stuff. <laughs> I don't know I, why. Why are you laughing at me? I I benefit. <laughs> I have all. I have a room full of merchandise. Um, and it's just like, I don't even deserve any of this. I'm just, I'm just being a goof, but (laughs) it works. Wrestling has given so much to me and I can tell it's given so much to you and it's so exciting. And if anybody's hearing this right now and they are in the area, please give all your information out. How can people book you? How can people get a hold of you? Um, all your social media stuff, your contact information. This is the time purge it all out there. Yes. So you can book me. Uh, you can d- shoot me a DM on Twitter at Moondog Murray, Instagram Moondog Greg Murray, or the old school email, which so far the only thing I got is spam and a friend of mine fucking with me because uh, <laughs> that's just what friends do. <laughs> um, so uh, book at book Greg Murray g- at gmail.com or just DM me on Twitter at Moondog Murray, Instagram Moondog Greg Murray. And um, Right now, and I'm looking for 2022 shows, so if you want to book me, please make sure it's that. Don't be like, hey, I got a show December the 17th. I'm like, I'm not doing that because my last shows of the year, assuming I'm wrestling, if not, I'm at least helping out at is this Saturday or the 11th, December 11th, Saturday for Rockford Damage Inc. in Rockford, Illinois, and uh, Sunday the 12th with Gally Lucha in, I believe, Marionette Park. But nice. Bo- both fun shows, especially Gally. I'm excited for Gally. Uh, I'm not excited for the the, the, the long work, work day, but, <laughs> you know, it's it's always worth it in the end. It's like, fuck, can this ring get put up already? <laughs> fuck, can the stage gets put up already? But once the show starts and the show's over and you're taking everything down, you're like, this was fucking fun. I'm, I'm glad I, I came here. <laughs> so... You know. So where can people buy merchandise at? Because I know yes. I've got I've got an amazing shirt that let me tell you something right now. When it comes to wrestling shirts, not every wrestling shirt is created equal. And what I mean by that is some will fade when you wash it, this or that. The, the Moondog Greg Murray shirt, A, it's the coolest design I've ever seen. It stands out. That is badass right there. I wear it all the time. Um and it's a, it's comfortable, it washes well, so where can people find your merchandise and where can they buy your stuff? At uh, brainbustertees.com slash uh, moondog hyphen Greg hyphen Murray. I-, I wish those hyphens weren't there because it'd be easier to just say moondog Greg Murray, but it is what it is. Uh, but moondog Murray on brainbustertees.com, which uh, I'll let, which actually I don't know if I can say say that out loud, but I know certain, uh, certain uh, podcasts look into that. Uh, I don't know if you know them, Fraylin, but uh, <laughs> it, it's an, it's it's uh, interesting. But yes, uh, Brainbuster is super fucking cool, especially if you're an indie wrestler starting out. They give you deals, especially when I bought 30 shirts and they gave me the price. I'm like, holy shit, here it is. There you go. <laughs> Here's the Let's money. Get her, Let's get her done. Send it to me. Send it my way. So I love Brainbuster Tees. That's brainbustertees.com slash moondog hyphen Greg hyphen Murray. You'll Perfect. see a picture of a sweaty, a black and white photo of a sweaty guy sitting in a chair with a fucking Nike shoe or some shit in the corner. <laughs> it's funny. No one will notice that now until I said that. But of course, when it's a picture of yourself, you will notice every fucking flaw you could find. And that Nike one is what gets me every time. <laughs> no, I think it was a Nike bag or something. I'm just like, 
Oh, that Nike logo fucks with me, you know? <laughs> Greg, it has been so much fun. Is there any chance uh, we'd love to have more of this because I'd love to hear more of your philosophies on wrestling as well and all this different kind of things, some road stories, any part we could do a part oh, two yeah. with you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm usually on the uh, panel talking about stupid shit when I, when I can get it in when we're just, when there's like a pause in like the wrestling discussion, but... Yeah, so far, so far, I got fun stories, uh, and I would love to come back on and tell them. So, and there's probably going to be many more fun stories. It's that's just wrestling, you know. I, it's a weird fucking business. It is, and I can't wait to see what 2022 has for you. Yes. All right, guys, that is going to do it for Future Stars. Now, I hope you enjoyed your Friday. Uh, Getting a chance to relax a little bit and hopefully on your drive home or your drive into work or whatever you happen to be doing. If you're a wrestler training as well, uh, hit us up. Let us know. We want to hear your story. Greg has told an amazing story, and I know there's many out there just like Greg's. So hit us up. Let us know if you would like to be featured on Future Stars Now as well with myself and The Rit. But for now, that's going to do it. Greg? Nothing but love, my friend. I'll see you on the flip side with Front Row Material. And we will catch you next time on Future Stars Now.
The world of MLW Radio never stops. 